Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January 11th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, Fed Chair Jay Powell warns the U.S. government shutdown could hurt the U.S. economy. The world's largest beer brewer returns to the debt markets, and Renault finds no evidence of wrongdoing in their investigation into Carlos Ghosn. Then the FT's Peter Campbell explains why Ford needs to shake up its European operations. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Thursday, U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell warned the government shutdown could start to take a toll on the U.S. economy. The partial government shutdown is now well into its third week, and negotiations don't seem to be progressing. U.S. President Donald Trump is demanding funding for a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border, and Democrats have refused to offer any. If the shutdown continues into the weekend, it'll be the longest on record. At the aggregate level, the economy generally does not reflect uh, much damage from a shutdown. A longer shutdown is something we haven't had. If we have an extended shutdown, then I I do think that that would show up uh, in the data pretty clearly. Powell warned that the shutdown will make it harder for the Fed to get a clear view of the economy's performance. That's because some of the government agencies responsible for reporting key economic indicators have been affected by the shutdown. We would would have a less clear picture into the economy if it were to go on much longer. Mr. Trump canceled his trip to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, later this month because of the shutdown. On Thursday, Mr. Trump also threatened to declare a national emergency in the U.S. in order to build the wall. But if we don't make a deal, I would say it would be uh, very surprising to me that I would not declare a national emergency and just fund it through the various mechanisms. The world's largest beer brewer is returning to the debt markets. Overnight, Anheuser-Busch InBev was finalizing the pricing for a $15.5 billion bond offering. It would be the largest corporate debt sale of the year. Proceeds from the debt sale will be used to refinance some of the debt taken on by the company after it acquired SAB Miller in 2016. AB InBev is a triple B-rated company. It was downgraded by Moody's last month because of the company's $100 billion debt load. And so this bond sale will test the company's draw. Also on Thursday, gas company Targa Resources was set to sell $1.5 billion of debt. It was the first high-yield bond deal since November of last year, and it ended a weeks-long freeze in U.S. junk bond deals. And carmaker Renault released the findings of its internal investigation into its boss, Carlos Ghosn. So far, the company said it's found no evidence of wrongdoing by Mr. Ghosn for 2017 and 2018. The review process will continue as the company looks into previous financial years. Ghosn appeared in court on Tuesday for the first time since his arrest and maintained his innocence. He was arrested in November on allegations of financial misconduct at Nissan. Prosecutors allege that he submitted financial accounts that understated his pay. Tokyo prosecutors are expected to indict him on charges of aggravated breach of trust on Friday. He's still in custody in Tokyo. His wife, Carol Ghosn, released a statement last night saying that she's concerned about his health and that he is, quote, suffering from a high fever. And here's something else we're following. There's been an incredibly mixed picture across the European car market over the last year. Peter Campbell covers the motor industry for the FT. Uh, While some of the major markets such as Italy and the UK have seen sharp declines in the last year, some of the southern and central markets have risen sharply. Spain was up 8%, France was up almost 5%, and Germany was up as well. 
And overall, the car sales across Europe have been up ever so slightly, up 0.8%. And this is after several years of strong growth, which leads a lot of people to believe that the market is plateauing. And what's contributing to that plateau? So the car industry, by its very nature, is incredibly cyclical and incredibly tied to the economic performance of individual countries and regions as well. Europe has experienced several years of strong growth, particularly following the financial crash. And that, it looks like, is coming to an end. Now, demand is still remaining solid. But there have also been several parts of the market that have experienced significant decline, the most significant of which is diesel. Now, diesel, let's not forget, was invested heavily in by many of the manufacturers across Europe as a way of lowering CO2 emissions. All of that has changed in the last two to three years. We're now seeing the prospect where cities are banning older diesel vehicles and many of the tax incentives that were offered on diesel compared to petrol have been eliminated. That's left a lot of manufacturers, particularly those that embrace diesel heavily, companies such as Jaguar Land Rover or maybe even BMW, facing the potential question of how they convince people to buy petrol equivalents of their cars. You also talked to Ford's European president, Stephen Armstrong. What did he have to say about the details of Ford's plans for the EU? So Ford yesterday announced a very large and significant restructuring of their entire European operations. Ford is in the process of trying to save $14 billion from some of its global operations. It's particularly going to focus those cost savings in Europe and on Latin America and on China. And yesterday we got some of the first details about what that might mean for Europe, that the company is basically tearing up its strategy and looking again at the entire region. It's likely to shed thousands of jobs. We don't know how many, but we know it's a significant number. It's going to kill off some of its product segments because the European market is shifting, particularly away from some saloons and minivans and towards sports utility vehicles. Uh, And it also may, as a result of this, end up having to close some plants. What Steve Armstrong said when I spoke to him yesterday was that nothing is off the table. Ford could do almost anything it wants to in order to try and restore profitability to its operations in the region. Now, Ford has been loss-making for the last couple of years in Europe. And so what it is aiming to do is to hit a 6% target for its operations there. And it wants to do this by uh, these pretty severe cost savings and, and moving into product segments that it feels it can be sufficiently profitable in. And there's also a lot of confusion right now about Brexit, whether or not the EU and the UK are actually going to reach a deal before March. How might that affect Ford's plans? There was a great deal of confusion around Brexit, that's right. Ford faces an almost unique challenge with Brexit in that it manufactures engines in the UK. Many of those engines are then sent to Europe where they're put into cars and many of those cars are then sold back into the UK. Now, in a world where Britain is in the EU, where it faces no tariffs and no border checks, that's not a problem. It's absolutely fine. But in a world with delays and customs checks and principally with tariffs, that situation becomes very difficult. What Steve Armstrong did say to me yesterday was that if Britain faces a hard Brexit, then any cuts that Ford makes in the UK are going to have to be significantly more severe in order to uh, keep the company profitable. He said the company wants to carry on making engines in the UK as long as it is viable to do so. But I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who looks at the situation that a scenario where engines face serious tariffs and cars face serious tariffs, it's not wise to have them on different sides of of a hard border. 
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back on Monday for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon, Amy Keene, and me, Eric Krupke, with help from Jennifer Siegel. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. Robert Shrimsley is editorial director for the Financial Times. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.